Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Imagine a beautiful afternoon. The sun is shining and you get to enjoy it all because you just sat down on your John Deere mower. The smooth ride lets you escape into your yard. Intuitive controls make you feel like you're one with the machine. And with attachments for every season, you can enjoy it all year long. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand what it's like to drive a John Deere mower, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Money Girl podcast. My name is Laura Adams, and I'm a personal finance expert who's been hosting this show since 2008. I'm also the author of several books, including my most recent title, which was a number one Amazon new release called Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. If you're building a business or want to earn more income, I highly recommend that you get a copy of the paperback ebook or audiobook today. My mission here is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. Every show is created just for you so you come away with practical advice and actionable tips to hopefully make some better money decisions and take your financial life to the next level. I hope you'll subscribe to the show if you haven't done that already, and feel free to participate. Many of you will send me your money questions or comments. In fact, I'm going to cover a couple of them today at the end of the show. You can always do that by leaving me a message 24-7. We have a voicemail line that's just for your questions and comments. The number is 302-364-0308. And you can also email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. Don't forget, we publish a companion blog post for every show. That's located in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Today's episode is number 712, called Five Retirement Account Changes for 2022 You Should Know. This is something I look at every year. There are typically changes, and I always want to stay on top of, you know, what are the latest rules and regulations? And so I wanted to bring some of the the main changes that I'm seeing to you in this show. Uh, And the reason the changes happen is because every year the United States Treasury evaluates what's happening with inflation in the economy. We've been hearing a lot about inflation lately. Based on that information, the IRS makes changes to various regulations. And fortunately, many of the upcoming adjustments can help you save more for retirement. So whether you're just looking for ways to fight inflation or get the most from your retirement accounts, that's what this show is about. I'm going to review five retirement account changes that you need to use to your advantage next year. So I hope you'll stay with me if you're interested in saving for retirement. And as I mentioned at the end of the show, I'm going to answer several of your questions. So stay with me. All right, so let's get into the detail 
on how you can use the new retirement account rules to max out your contributions and pay less tax. So the first change that you can expect in 2022 is higher contribution limits for workplace plans. So starting in 2022, if your employer offers a workplace retirement plan, that could be a 401k or a 403b, the base amount that you can contribute is going up. It's gonna go from 19,500, which is the the rate right now or the limit right now in 2021, it's gonna go up a full $1,000 in 2022. So you'll be able to put in 20,500 at the base level. And this same adjustment applies to most 457 plans and thrift saving plans, or TSPs. Those apply if you work for the federal or local government. So I want you to make a goal right now to max out your retirement plan by updating your contribution percentage or the dollar amount that you put in every pay period. You want to make sure that you're kind of backing into that 20,500 number by, you know, kicking up what you're putting in each paycheck. So by the end of the year, you know you're going to get really close to that number. You can always make changes to your retirement plan at any time during the year, but in in most cases you can set a higher contribution rate to begin at a particular time. So you can tell your particular plan that you want that increase to happen on January 1st, let's say. So that's That's a great thing to do right now. Go ahead and increase your contribution rate to begin at the beginning of the year. And also, it's worth noting that if you're over age 50, you can make an additional catch-up contribution of $6,500 to a workplace retirement plan. Now, that's not new, and that's the same rate that we've had for several years, uh, but that's really important because that will bring your annual contribution total to $27,000 if you're over age 50. All right, the second change you can expect next year is higher income limits for traditional IRA deductible contributions. All right, this one gets a little tricky, but stay with me. So let me first say that, unfortunately, the base contribution for IRAs is not going up next year. So it's going to be the same. You can contribute up to $6,000 or $7,000 if you're over age 50. And there's no income limit to qualify for a traditional IRA. So, you know, it doesn't matter how much you earn, you can have a traditional IRA. However, there's a little bit of a catch with it. If you or a spouse also contribute to a workplace plan, so a 401k, 403b, 457, if you're participating in one of those plans and you contribute to a traditional IRA in the same year, there's some limitations. So whether you can claim a tax deduction for those traditional IRA contributions depends on your income. And so that income limit is going up in 2022. So let me clarify, you can always make traditional IRA contributions when you or a spouse also have a workplace plan. However, some or all of those IRA contributions may just not be deductible, okay? So you may not get a tax break for them if you earn over an annual limit. That's the government's way of limiting your tax benefit on these plans. 
So the good news is that the income limit for deducting those traditional IRA contributions is going up. So that's giving more people the benefit of multiple retirement accounts. So you need to know the income limits by tax filing status when you contribute to both a workplace retirement plan and a traditional IRA in the same year. So let me go over those. If you're single and you've got modified adjusted gross income, or MAGI for short, of at least $78,000, that's at the point where your IRA contributions are not deductible. So that is actually an increase of $2,000 from 2021. So again, if you're single and you're earning more than about $78,000 of modified adjusted gross income, that's at the point where your deductible IRA contributions are phased out. You're not going to get a tax break for them when you're also participating in a workplace retirement plan. Now, if you're married, you file taxes jointly, and you've got household magi of at least $129,000, that's when your IRA contributions would be non-deductible. And that's an increase of $4,000 from 2021. Now, let's say you do not have a workplace retirement plan, but your spouse does, and you contribute to a traditional IRA. In that case, your IRA contributions are non-deductible when your household magi is at least $214,000, and that's an income increase of $6,000 from 2021. So, you know, I know it gets a little complicated, but, you know, the bottom line is if you're a high earner, there are limitations on being able to deduct your traditional IRA contributions when you've also got a workplace plan that you're participating in. So remember that all of these income limits that I just mentioned do not apply if neither you nor a spouse is covered by a retirement plan at work. In that case, you can always contribute to a traditional IRA and get the full tax deduction. All right, the third change coming in 2022 is higher income limits for Roth IRA eligibility. All right, now we're going to switch gears and talk about Roth IRAs. Just like with traditional IRAs, the 2022 contribution limit remains at $6,000 or $7,000 if you're over age 50. With a Roth, your contributions are never tax deductible because you've got to pay tax up front on them. And there is an annual income limit to qualify for Roth IRA contributions. Again, remember, with a traditional IRA, there is no annual income limit to qualify. But with a Roth IRA, you cannot be a high earner and participate. So in 2022, the income limits for Roth IRA eligibility are going up. That is terrific because more people will qualify for these valuable accounts. The beauty of a Roth is that your withdrawals and retirement are entirely tax-free, allowing you to skip taxes on decades of potential investment growth. So let's go over the MAGI limits by tax filing status that you need to know to be eligible for a Roth IRA in 2022. If you're single, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA when you earn more than $144,000. That's a $4,000 increase from 2021. And married couples filing jointly cannot contribute to a Roth IRA when they have household income above $214,000. That's a $6,000 increase from 2021. So I want you to consider a Roth IRA if these higher income thresholds 
now make you eligible. Unlike a traditional IRA, you can max out both a Roth IRA and a workplace retirement plan in the same year without any tax conflicts. So the Roth IRA does not have you know, any limits placed on it like the traditional IRA does when you're also participating in a retirement plan at work. So that's a great reason to have a Roth IRA when you've also got a, you know, a really nice retirement plan at work. And the fourth change to watch out for in 2022 is higher income limits for the savers credit. So based on your income and some other requirements, you may qualify for the savers credit. This is also called the retirement savings contribution credit. It's a tax break for those with low income who contribute to a retirement account. And for 2022, the income limits are going up as follows. Singles have to earn less than $34,000. That's an increase of $1,000 from 2021. Heads of households must earn less than $51,000. That's a $1,500 increase from 2021. And married couples filing jointly must earn less than $68,000. And that is a $2,000 increase. So those are the income levels that you you need to be under in order to qualify for the saver's credit. And that's something that you would indicate on your tax return. Uh, And so if you're not sure if you are taking advantage of that, you may want to get some help from a tax professional in Q1 of 2022 to make sure that you're taking advantage of the saver's credit. All right, the fifth change coming in 2022 is higher contribution limits for retirement accounts for the self-employed. So you may have heard me talk about a couple of different accounts for those who have self-employment income. One of them is the Solo 401k, and another is a SEP IRA. These are the two probably most popular retirement accounts for self-employed people. And in 2022, the contribution limits are going up to $61,000 from $58,000 in 2021. And if you're over age 50, there's a $6,500 catch-up contribution, allowing total contributions of $67,500. So that's great news for solopreneurs and small business owners who are you know, making at least those amounts of income and want to sock away more for retirement. This podcast isn't a complete list of everything that's changing related to retirement in 2022. If you want to learn more, you can always visit irs.gov. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. 
Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. All right, now let's turn to your questions. The first one is from Kristen A., who says, I listen to your podcast and I've gotten lots of great info. I'm hoping you can answer my question or discuss options for where to keep a rainy day fund. There must be a better place for it than the current, quote, high interest savings accounts. Mine has a rate of 0.4%. I know emergency money can't be invested into anything risky like stocks, but what about into savings bonds? Recently, I saw that U.S. Treasury Series I bonds have a 7.12% interest rate, would it make sense to put half my rainy day fund or $10,000 into one, which is the limit? I'm not entirely sure how savings bonds work, but from what I read, it seems that they never lose value. And if cashed in early, you can still get some interest, but not all of it. That seems better than the 0.4% I'm getting in the high interest savings account. Kristen, thank you so much for your question. This is a, a great one. And let me just talk a little bit about what the savings bond is. So in general, a savings bond is a low-risk investment that's backed by the U.S. government, and you buy it through the U.S. Department of Treasury. And you can learn more at treasurydirect.gov. So right now, you can buy two types of savings bonds. There's Series EE and there's Series I bonds. I stands for inflation, and that's what I'll talk about. Both of them earn interest over time up to their date of maturity, which is 30 years. So If you buy a bond, you've got to wait at least 12 months from the date of purchase to cash it in or get any amount of it back. Um, There is one exception, which is if you're affected by a natural disaster. But in general, you cannot touch the money for at least a year. So you want to keep that in mind. And if you cash out any amount after one year up to the five-year mark, there's a penalty. You're going to lose three months of your prior month's interest. And if you hold the bond for longer than five years, there is no penalty to redeem it. But if you hold it for the full 30 years, you're gonna get the maximum interest. So here's how it works. For the first six months that you own an I-bond sold from November 2021 through April 2022, it's gonna earn interest at an annual rate of 7.12%, as Kristen said. And then a new rate gets set every six months based on inflation. So if, if inflation is increasing, then we're going to see that um, that I-bond rate increasing as well. Now, when you buy a bond, you pay the face value. So let's say you want a $50 bond, you pay $50 for it. And then the bond is going to increase in value 
as it earns interest over time. And there are two ways that you can buy I-bonds, either electronically or get paper bonds. If you buy them electronically, you simply go to the site I mentioned, treasurydirect.gov, and they come in any amount to the penny for $25 or more. So, for example, you could buy a bond for, you know, $50.21 if you wanted. For paper bonds, they work a little differently. You can use your federal income tax refund to buy them, and they're sold in five denominations only, either 50 bucks, 100, 200, 500, or $1,000. And in a calendar year, you can buy up to $10,000 in electronic I-bonds, or you can get up to $5,000 of paper I-bonds using your federal income tax refund. So the $10,000 limit is what Kristen mentioned uh, as being the maximum that she could get online. So again, if you buy an I-bond, you're not going to be able to touch that money for at least 12 months. Is it a good idea for emergency funds? I would say if you've got plenty of emergency funds, you've got more than the recommended six months worth of your living expenses, If you've got more than that amount, I would say, yes, it's probably a wise idea to look at some alternatives like the I-bonds. But if you don't have, I would say, at least three months worth of your savings, you don't want to tie it up for a year. You want that money to be available to you tomorrow, you know, if you need it for any type of emergency. So it really does depend on how much emergency money you need and how much you've already got saved. If you're at all concerned that you don't have enough, I would stay away from the bonds or the CDs or anything that's tying it up. But if you feel pretty confident about it, yes, I would say go ahead and, you know, buy an I-bond. It it might be a great option for you. All right. Kathy M. says, I'm a longtime listener. Love your podcast. My husband and I have followed your suggestions for all these years. We built a family, bought our first home, paid extra on the mortgage every month. We both contribute 15% towards our 401k and receive matching. We've got a healthy emergency fund. We have life insurance and 529s for our children, which we contribute to regularly. It seems we're on the right track financially in our mid to early 40s. At this point, would you recommend we invest in a second vacation home as part of our nest egg. What is the tax advantage or disadvantage of having a second home? Is it a good investment? Thank you in advance. Kathy, thanks so much for your question and congrats on being in such great financial shape in your early 40s. My opinion on vacation homes is that they can be good investments. You can certainly buy a property that will increase in value over time. However, it is an ongoing expense, so you want it to truly increase your lifestyle. I know a lot of people who can afford vacation homes but don't buy one because they don't want to feel pressured to visit it every year and also have the upkeep uh, far away from home. They'd rather vacation in different places. But if you know that your family would get plenty of use from a vacation home, it can be a wonderful getaway. And it sounds like you can certainly afford it. With tax benefits, uh, one pro is that as long as you don't rent out a second home for more than 14 days each year, you can deduct the mortgage interest 
that you pay on it up to a limit. So the cap is interest that you pay on up to $750,000 of debt. That's on both your first and your second homes combined. So, you know, that's definitely going to give you some additional interest to write off. You can also deduct property taxes on your first and second homes. However, the total is limited to $10,000 per tax return. And many people who buy a second home may already exceed that limit with their first home. So if that's the case, you may not see any additional tax savings from the second home. And if you decide to rent out a vacation home for more than 14 days per year, it turns into more like a business. You've got to report the rental income to the IRS, but you can still deduct some of the mortgage interest and rental expenses, such as your insurance and utilities, for the portion of time that you rent the house out. So calculating the deduction gets a little complicated because you've got to determine how much of those costs are allocated to when you were there and when you were leasing out the property. One of the biggest tax benefits that you get on real estate is the capital gains tax exclusion. This says if you sell your primary residence, singles can exclude up to $250,000 in capital gains from the income. And couples who file taxes jointly can exclude twice that much, up to half a million dollars in capital gains. However, that benefit is only for your primary residence. So when you sell a second home, you do have to pay a capital gains tax on your entire profit. So I wouldn't consider that a con for having a vacation home. It's just a normal part of selling an asset that goes up in value. The bottom line is that I wouldn't let the tax pros or cons sway you significantly. What I would do is add up all of your estimated annual costs for that property. So the mortgage, insurance, taxes, and maintenance. Try to get as much of a you know, a handle on what that number is as possible as you're shopping around or just considering properties in a given area. And consider whether you would really enjoy using that property enough to make it worthwhile. Thank you so much to Kristen and Kathy for sending in your questions. I hope the answers will help. If you all are on social media, I would love for you to connect with me. On Twitter, I'm at Laura Adams. On Instagram, I'm at Laura D. Adams. And as I mentioned, lauradadams.com is my personal site where you can use my contact page and learn more about my work, books, and money courses. And if you haven't joined my private Facebook group, I would love you to do that. It's called Dominate your dollars. It's a fantastic group. You can search for it on Facebook. Again, it's Dominate Your Dollars. We'd love to have you in the group. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. We have a very special year-end show planned for you. So until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older like a family vacation or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.
Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, my charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.